With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Rich Puzo. Thanks for joining me, Rich. It's a pleasure to be here, Mike. Good. Before we get started, let me tell everyone who's coming up next and what's, what some Sandler events are going to be. Next week, we're going to have a special show with Wendell Bell, who is the CEO of Enerfab. They're a manufacturer of large steel vessels and uh, have a division that services power plants. Then we're going to have Tim Schapp from Construction Process Solutions. The following week, we're going to have Marty Grogan from Optavia Logistics. He's on July 11th. July 12th, we're going to have Jude Hemmen from Furlong Business Enterprises. And a fellow I've been trying to get on the show, attempting to get on the show for <laughs> many times, okay. is an old President's Club member, Mike Lamb. He's going to tell, tell his success story using Sandler. And we have a lot of other interesting and exciting guests through July and August. In fact, we have a guest, we have one guest booked already till the middle of September. Look at you. From a Sandler perspective, we have in July, on July 24th, a one-day cold call camp. If you're responsible for making cold calls, if people in your company are responsible for making cold calls and you want them done the right way, that's a great program for you. We have multiple registrant discounts, and if you send only the cold calls, it's more expensive. <laughs> to send them without the management team. And that was done intentionally. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So let me tell everyone a little, about, a little bit about Rich Puzo and his company, Sky Eye Weather. Rich is currently the chief meteorologist and chief operating officer at Sky Eye Weather, LLC, a national weather consulting and education and marketing company based here in Cincinnati. Sky Eye Weather was founded in 2003. Ten years ago. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem that long. I know. To serve clients who are frustrated by the lack of accurate or timely personalized weather forecasts and weather information on TV, or online, or even on the radio. They're tired of losing money or their or time because of unexpected weather changes that they weren't ready for. In fact, I told people, Rich, it's sometimes a matter of life and death. It is? Absolutely. It's no exaggeration. Okay. Uh, Rich has been in the broadcast and consulting business since 1986 and provides weather to three local radio stations here in Cincinnati, WAOL 99.5 and Country 103 FM serving the Eastern Tri-State, Talk Radio 
1450 in Butler County, and Classic X Radio in Cincinnati. Rick also produces two weekly weather podcasts called Weather Rush. These podcasts are syndicated nationally and can be heard on skyeyeweather.com. That's S-K-Y-E-Y-E, weather.com, all one word. As head of operations at SkyEyeWeather, Rich is currently a consult meteorologist for local and regional and national clients such as Fifth Third, Vioxx, MCOR Services, Great American Insurance, Kings Island Amusement and Water Park, Coney Island, and Southwest Ohio Air Quality Agency. In addition, Sky Eye Weather has provided forecasts for snow plow operations for the city of Cincinnati and surrounding townships, as well as the icing operations at Delta Comair and uh, DHL Express at Cincinnati Airport. He's consulted for the Cincinnati Reds ground crew. Tell them when to pull the covers on the field. Yeah, that's exactly right. Rich produces and presents the Wild World of Weather, a school tour to school children of all ages around the tri-state, and you can follow Rich on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Rich's experience and expertise includes short and long-range weather forecasts, commodities, commodities forecasts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for natural gas, oil purchases, things like that. I don't forecast the commodity. I forecast the weather that will affect the commodity. Oh, okay. Corn futures, I mean, all these things are affected by weather. Mm. So you do so- severe storm analysis as well, forecasting yes. and weather safety. Yep. So did you start Sky Eye Weather uh, while you were still on uh, broadcast TV? I did, with the intention of expanding more. You know, television is, is as much as people think it's, oh, it's a big wild world of whatever. It's limited in its scope. It is television. It's all about ratings. It's about, you know, getting viewers, getting a certain message out to a broad area. And in the cities I've worked in, you're you're talking to a big group and you're giving them partly sunny and you're giving them a chance of a storm. And it's very generic. And that's meant to be. That's what TV is. But there's not much to it that really taps into your skills as a meteorologist, unless maybe you're doing uh, like we've seen recently in Oklahoma City with uh, tornado coverage, and it's nonstop, and these guys are on all night long watching tornadoes and trying to figure out where they're going. That type of thing will use your skills a little bit. But beyond that, you're not really using all this stuff you were taught in school uh, because it's more about the broadcast. And so, yeah, I started it because I wanted to expand to serve clients with a more personalized type of forecast versus just the generic throw on the makeup and do two and a half minutes on TV. Mm -hmm. So when did it become a full-time business for you? Uh, 2006, I left television. And you know what? Actually, part of the reason I left was the battle over the private business versus the TV. For whatever reason, the TV thought that it was competition for me to run my own business. They didn't like that. Uh, They thought I should be 100% devoted to them, which, quite honestly, in this world of multitasking, there was no problem doing both, but they saw an issue. I knew, like most people, as you're getting a little older in the business, you say to yourself, and let me trust me, when I say older, I'm talking, you could be in your 40s and suddenly you're older in the broadcast business when they can get someone who's in their 20s and right out of college and work them cheap. That's great. But the fact is, you have to plan for your future. And I knew that my future was not always going to be in broadcast, so I needed something that relied on my skills that could also be a solid business that I could grow on my own without worrying about ratings and things like that. So that's why we started doing that and growing it and then taking it full-time because television became what it was. And I said, you know what? I don't need that hassle. Why work for some big corporation when I could be my own corporation and you know, doing what I want to do in weather? So that's what we do. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, did you grow up in the Cincinnati area? I did not. I grew up originally in the Chicago area, uh, on the near west side of Chicago in a little suburb called Elmwood Park, and uh, still have family there all over Chicago area. In fact, I'm probably the only one of the family that's not in town. You know, we're a classic Italian family. Everybody lives practically in the same neighborhood, but it's great. And you know what? I, I grew up to appreciate weather up there. We had a lot of extreme events in Chicago, big snow, big ice, big storms in the summer. I even got to watch uh, some of the most famous weather people in the country and one that people will or should know the name of, John Coleman, who actually started the Weather Channel. And uh, when it was back as the Weather Channel, now it's become more of an entertainment channel. But he was the innovator of that, and he was on Chicago television, and I watched him growing up when we had the first chroma key. Chroma key is that wall we stand in front of that we point to that has nothing on it, and yet you see the maps at home. Well, that's a chroma key, and John Coleman was the first one to use that and to bring it to the Weather Channel. So it was neat watching those guys. I didn't know I'd ever be on TV. I just knew that I loved weather ever since I was a little kid, and it turned into a career. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you go to college for weather? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, like any college degree, there are different levels of it depending on what you're going to put into it and what you want to get out of it. I went to college. You got a four-year degree in meteorology and geography up at Valparaiso University up in northern Indiana. And I will tell you, Anybody listening who knows someone who might want to get into weather, some youngster, I couldn't recommend Valpo enough. They have really expanded that program. When I was there, it was literally I and my roommate going into weather. So two people, they had just a fledgling weather program, and we thought, well, we're going to jump on this and enjoy it. We made the most of it. He's actually a meteorologist at WSB in Atlanta, has been there practically since he graduated. So he's been down there a long time on the radio, the AM radio down there. Well, uh, we started it, but since then... They have grown it to having their own Doppler radar. They launch a balloon uh, at least once a day to get upper air measurements. They have an entire building that just in the last 10 years was dedicated to meteorology there. And so it's phenomenal the growth they've had in their weather program at Valpo, a school of only 4,000 students and yet a phenomenal weather program. They have their storm chase team. So, yeah, I got my four-year degree there. Now, you can. Some people will do a two-year online degree, get an associate's just to get an understanding, and sometimes that's good enough for TV. It's not good enough for anything else, but it'll work for TV. And some people will go to six- and eight-year degrees to get more into the research end of it or even to get into higher-end analysis, say, with uh, the Storm Prediction Center or some places in the National Weather Service where you need that that higher-end degree. So you can go anywhere from two to eight years, but typically a four-year degree if you're going into meteorology is your minimum. Now, your business is located here in Cincinnati. Yes, but you provide forecasts all over the United States? Yes, and it's not necessarily as if I'm sending out the forecast to Oregon, but I have clients who have interests in all those states, and I provide them with weather. My uh, two largest clients, and then the biggest one is Great American Insurance, and what I do for them is, the, is I work for their crop and agriculture division plus their trucking division. Well, two different interests there. Trucking is obviously concerned about trucks on the road, potential damage from severe weather, uh, are they going to get shipments to places on time, and they have, they insure truckers and trucking companies. And then the other part of it is agriculture, which I think people can figure out, crops and agricultural buildings. So severe weather impacts both of those, droughts, floods, extreme storms, the goal being let's see if we can't get information to you ahead of time so that you can know what might be affecting your clients, maybe even alert your clients in some way, and I let them worry about that, and try to reduce the a number of claims that may be coming in because you are getting that information out and they can take safety precautions. 
Otherwise, one thing you're certainly going to know is if it's going to be a busy severe weather season, busy winter storm season, busy hurricane season, well, then you can at least plan budgeting-wise what it is that you're going to be putting out in claims based on past years with similar weather patterns. So we work on both ends. It's both what has happened and what we can learn from it and what might be happening and how they can prepare for it from a, both a budget standpoint and advising clients. So, yeah, so it's coast to coast, and uh, it's fantastic. You know, you get to watch a lot of weather, but also you get to feel out from your client what it is that really affects them. Most are not affected by sunshine. So when it comes to weather, it's the nasty stuff. It's the Hurricane Sandys. It's the wildfires in Colorado that we're dealing with right now. Uh, we may have a busy hurricane season coming up here in 2013 in the fall. Those type of things are what they really need to know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich has agreed to take callers. So if you have a question for Rich uh, or me, you can call in on 646-595-4916. We're going to be taking questions during the commercial breaks. Uh, one more last question for you, Rich, uh, before uh, we listen to the first uh, commercial, is uh, where do you get all that weather information from? The weather information comes from a variety of sources. Now, people, when you say this, sometimes won't understand exactly because they're thinking, oh, you're just getting the forecast from someone else. The weather information, the data we get, comes from NOAA and the National Weather Service. But what you're getting from there is the raw data. As taxpayers, we pay for the supercomputers. We pay for the radar installations, the satellites in space. These things are all taxpayer funded. So basically the data is put out there, but what you do with it, that's where the individual user is different. The Weather Service makes its own forecasts, but they're also the ones who provide me with the Doppler radar data and the satellite and everything else. They don't interpret it for me. They simply provide the data. Then I take it and use it the way I wish. There are some major weather companies out there who provide products in the form of graphics, uh, a company like AccuWeather, or the Weather Channel is owned by a company that's named WSI. And these companies will create beautiful graphics you see on TV. Well, I don't need all that stuff, but that's what they do. So we all use the data, and then it comes down to your experience as to how you interpret it and what it means for your clients. So they're just one source, the Weather Service. There's also computer models we use from Europe, from the European Meteorological Agency, from the United Kingdom's Meteorological Office, from Canada's Meteorological Office. So we get a bunch of those, and it's, it's global in scale, but we get data and we make our own forecast, Mike. Good. Again, uh, if you have a question, you can call in on 646-595-4916. Uh, we're going to listen to a short commercial uh, talking about Tip Club, which is a networking organization that I sponsor here in Cincinnati, and we're going to be listening to Jimmy Fox. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 
4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth, back with Rich Puzo. Rich, wanted to tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you after the show is over. Absolutely. You know, we're all in the online world now, and that's the easiest place to start, is at uh, my website, skyeyeweather.com. We have links for contact there, but start with skyeyeweather.com. Now, if you'd like to call the office, you can certainly do that, though I will tell you that because we have clientele, we normally look for some identifier of the person calling in before we answer so that our meteorologists are not distracted. So it's easiest to reach me online through that or rich at skyeyeweather.com. Drop me an email. Those I reply to pretty quickly, rich at skyeyeweather.com. That is my direct email. But if you go to skyeyeweather.com, you'll be able to see what we do for our clients. And I even have some headlines on the front page usually about something going on, plus links to my podcast that I do every week uh, that talk about big national weather issues, big stories that may be going on. My most recent podcast as we record this show and do it live is about the Oklahoma City tornadoes and some of the um, unfortunate uh, Language that's been used really to describe one of the on-air weather people there and then blaming him for some of the fatalities, which is completely horrible. And I go into it into my podcast, and you can learn more about it there uh, because it's not the TV weather guy's fault that people make bad decisions. But that's one. I also talk about uh, some of the tornado outbreaks and what we might be seeing in July and August coming up here. So check it all out, Sky Eye Weather, S-K-Y-E-Y-E, weather.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you go to the market, Rich, to find new clients? You know, the beauty of weather, Mike, and the challenge of weather at the same time is that it affects everyone. So now, and and you know this certainly through Sandler, you have to discriminate who's going to be your client, who's going to be your customer, and, and who isn't. The general public, and early on, of course, because of my years in television, I thought, well, let's go to the public because that's who I've been serving for 25 years in TV and radio. But the public doesn't pay the bills. They're great, but they're used to getting stuff free. When it comes to TV, they see the commercials, but they think, hey, TV's free. I just turn it on, and I've got my weather forecast. Not realizing that someone is paying for that, just not you directly. Or they go online, and they get their free forecast from the weather service. Again, not free, taxpayer-funded, but still, you're not paying anything when you go online to get it. All right. Well, so the public is used to stuff that's free, and even if it's a little wrong, it's like, eh, it's free, and it's the weather service. It's not going to be right. Got it. So my clients, then, are those who are who get hurt by the weather, who literally either physically or just economically take a hit when the weather surprises them. And that could be that next big storm. It could be something as small as a construction crew. And they're out on the job, and they're pouring concrete, and suddenly they start getting these big raindrops falling when the the forecast called for mostly sunny. And this has happened. In fact, just as the day we're recording this, the official weather service forecast was mostly sunny, and yet thunder showers popped up in part of the forecast area in northern Kentucky. So those people pouring the concrete would now have to basically uh, lift it all out, just chop it out once it's done because it's a waste. 
they're going to lose it because water got into that concrete and it's not going to set right. And that's just one job. And that might be $10,000 for this little job of pouring concrete. So now expand that out to bigger clients. You've got construction companies with multiple, multiple crews out there. You've got agriculture. You've got aviation. Uh, all these people who are affected dramatically by weather. In fact, one of my clients was a surprise, Mike, and we may have talked about this in the last show we did last year here on, on your shows, which are great. This is a year since we've done the last one, and it is facilities maintenance, and I never thought this was anything that was significant, and yet people who run facilities, people who maintain facilities, they're putting in light bulbs and they're checking electrical and blah, 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 but you've got parking lots, you've got landscaping, you've got roofs, so anything that's affected by weather, if it's going to affect them, they would like to know. And they also have major snowplow operations. And these folks, if you've got a, a banking institution, which is one of my clients, well, they've got 1,500 branches. And if seven or 800 of those are in snowy areas, guess what? That's a big budget for snow removal every year. If they can anticipate what the winter is going to be like, and we've been pretty successful in coming up with general trends for winter, then they can guesstimate then what their budget's going to be like for that snow operation that winter. Plus, employee safety is involved. When it comes to big storms, a bank will actually release some of its people early if they know there's going to be a crippling snowstorm or blizzard. No reason to keep them there. Mm -hmm. So for employee safety and customer safety, you don't want to bring customers in in the middle of a storm. You'll close things down. In hurricanes, big thing too. Uh, banking regulations, a lot of people don't know this. You can't have a bank closed for more than three days. So even if a hurricane destroys the bank, they have to have a mobile trailer or some way of opening within three days. So this is, is critical for many of these folks who run facilities to be able to anticipate bad weather for their customer safety, their employee safety, and in many cases, according to federal regulations, they've got to have certain safety plans in place regarding weather. So those are the people I serve, the kinds that are actually hurt or can actually make a big profit through better weather analysis. I'll be talking here soon to someone from a, a local propane and natural gas, and now they're starting to supply or, or be a broker for an electricity company. And this company, again, wants to purchase product in advance. If they know what the patterns are going to be like, they can guess where those natural gas or oil prices are going to be. And by doing that, they can make a better purchase than someone who's just saying, well, whatever the market is, i got to buy because i got to buy. But if you know that the, the prices are going to get more favorable, you might hold off on that buy. So it's almost like having a little insider information, but it's all out there. But very few people really realize what a weather consultant does and how they can help. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I noticed that on your list of accounts you have Kings Island, yes, uh, which is part of the uh, Cedar Point Group. Yes. Uh, are you also doing uh, weather forecasts for them up uh, in Sandusky? No, not yet. We started with Kings Island, and they're a, a new client really in the last year or so, and we want to expand. They're loving it, and here's why. For those wonder, okay, it's a theme park. You could guess, yeah, you don't want rain at a theme park. No, it's more than that. They actually have guidelines for lightning, even if it's within 15 or 20 miles of that park, they have to shut down certain rides because you don't want to take a chance on a lightning strike, and lightning can strike up to 20 miles from thunderstorms. So why take a chance on lightning striking, even if you have a storm a county over, it's close enough for them. So they'll count on me to let them know these storms are possible. Then if they're producing lightning, that's important too. But on top of that, it's, is there going to be any strong wind? They've got hundreds of umbrellas over there, and some of these really big ones you used to seeing at these theme parks. Well, you get a strong wind coming through, you've got to close those umbrellas. 
So it's little things like that. Last summer, June 29th, we had what is called a derecho. It was a major wind event that started in Illinois and ended up off the Jersey coastline all in the same day, that June 29th. It was a Saturday, I believe. What's this thing called? Uh, derecho, D-E-R-E-C-H-O, derecho. It's a Spanish word. And this derecho, which is a long wind, wind damage event, it's a cluster of thunderstorms just putting out a whole bunch of wind. So even if you have a wind storm but there's no thunderstorms, that's not a derecho. It's got to be thunderstorm-produced winds that travel hundreds of miles. These storms literally you know, went over 1,000 miles all in one day, and along their path did all kinds of wind damage. Hundreds of thousands of people without power. In fact, I think it was more than 4 or 5 million by the time the day was through, from Illinois all the way to New Jersey. And at the same time, places like Kings Island, as it was hitting here, and Coney Island, another park I do weather for in the Cincinnati area, as these winds were approaching, these folks have got to get people to safety. And, of course, you go there at your own risk, but still, there is safety involved. You've got to close all your, your umbrellas. You've got to make sure there's no uh, high, tall equipment that's exposed that can be knocked over. I mean, there's a lot to think about just from winds coming through. So it's my responsibility to give them the information so they can make better decisions, whereas if I wasn't telling them on radar, it might have just looked like rain. And we've had a situation in just the past year where at the Indiana State Fair, there were people who died because of non-meteorologists making a call on a storm they thought was far away, didn't think it was going to be a problem. And so there was a, a band that was about to perform and a stage, and everybody was surrounding the stage. And people probably know this story. You can look it up online. Well, sure enough, outflow, winds from a thunderstorm came through. The thunderstorm wasn't there. It was just the wind. But it was strong enough to blow down that stage, collapsing on a number of people, kill those people, led to some lawsuits. Big mistake, but they, they went to their expert, which was the local sheriff, and said, what should we do? And he's, oh, no, we're fine. Security says we're good. That's not a meteorologist. You've got to have, when you're talking about thousands of people and their safety and potential lawsuits, really, for an outdoor event, I can't see why you wouldn't have. Just pay a staff meteorologist. We do this where it's maybe just a one-week contract for your fare. Fine. We'll do that. You're covered. Now you don't have to worry about making those critical decisions. We'll let you know when it's coming. So there's the levels, Mike, of, of literal pain in this situation range from everything from a local fair to a company that serves all the states with agricultural and or facilities interests. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think there's a, a trend, uh, Rich, towards uh, more violent weather? Oh, that's an excellent question, Mike. And I'm glad you asked. And here's the reason why. Uh, this The trend... Actually, and if we look at statistics, it's amazing. The trends toward violent weather are downward, not upward. We've actually seen fewer major tornadoes, fewer major hurricanes. In fact, Mike, as we sit here today doing this show, records are being set for the amount of time it has been since a major hurricane landfall in the United States. It has been almost eight years. It's been more than seven years. We've never had that in the history of tracking hurricanes, seven years without a Category 3 landfall in the United States. So as much as people talk about big storms, we haven't even had a big Category 3 hurricane make landfall. We're overdue. I think people are going to forget what it's like to have that. Sandy was only a weak Category 1. It was a monster hybrid storm, but it was not a major hurricane. It wasn't a major hurricane. No, it was just a very weak hurricane. In fact, the, the Hurricane Center actually downgraded it to a tropical storm before it made landfall. Technically, they say that Sandy did not make landfall as a hurricane. So it goes to show you, it was a hybrid. That's why there was snow with that storm. Hurricanes don't produce snow. This had snow with it. Heavy snow, high winds, flooded New York, 
all that stuff from a storm that was not technically a hurricane. So we are still waiting for that big one to develop. So the trend is actually downward, but we live in a 24-hour news cycle. We have so many poor people who can report storms from remote areas with cell phones and even satellite phones, for Pete's sake. You've got all kinds of ways of making it look like more is happening when really all that was going on before, but getting the information out back in the 60s or 70s is nothing like today. So when we look at the big events of the past, we've seen a lot worse and like I predict, we're going back toward that. We are going to see more of these monster storms, not because the planet's warming, because it hasn't. For the last 16, 17 years, the global temperatures have been stable and actually cooling. Actually, the reason for big weather events is temperature change. So as we start the planet cooling more, which we're going to do, and we'll do a weather segment some other time on here, but as our sun gets weaker and as we get the, the planet to cool a bit, we're going to see more dramatic weather events, more like the 1800s, even some of the mid-1900s, Big East Coast hurricanes. Watch for that this fall. Big East Coast hurricane potential from Florida to New York. We haven't seen that in a while. Sandy may have been just a precursor to what could be a more regular visitor to the East Coast. It's been many, many years since we've seen that. More than our lifetimes for most of us. 1800s were big on them, but they happened. And when they hit, you're going to hear all kinds of screaming about how it's the worst ever. Now, we've seen it all before. It just hasn't been around for a while. And maybe the areas weren't built up as much. Oh, absolutely not. Good. Again, if you have a question for Rich or me, you can call us at 646-595-4916. We're going to listen to uh, a two-minute Sandler rap. This is the story of Sandler selling. (laughs) Yeah. Yo, you salesmen are all the same You don't care about my needs, you don't care about my pain You think about yourself, you think it's all a game You don't ask my opinion, you don't even know my name Salespeople come, and then they're gone They don't care about them, and they ain't there long Just ask for the info, and get the price now Check the competition, the better anyhow These guys are all talk, 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 it's a lie They don't say nothing but I, me, mine They sticky and they're selfish and they in my face Soon as I get rid of the one, more will take its place. They manipulate, trap, con, and control. They don't know, I'm the master of my soul. I have them run around till they dazed and confused. They shop it to others, I won't be abused. But wait, what's this? Another sales joke. Did he just give me permission to say no? Don't know what to think and I don't know what to say. What's the deal with this guy? It's not the sales way. Guess he hasn't learned how to play the sales game. Not too bright, he's probably not to blame. The boss sent him out without the first clue. I'll try to help him out and show him what to do. Now he has some questions. Wait for me to tell. All about my world, my own private hell. They don't seem to care if I leave or buy. I don't know what to think of weird sales. Guys, I'm talking and I'm talking. I can't believe my ears. I'm telling this guy my big bad fears. I'm telling them things that I don't even know. I'm letting down my guard and I'm putting on a show. Can you help me please take the lead? Can't you hear I'm hurting? See me bleed? I'm ready to go. Move on, proceed. Did he just say it might not be what I need? Well, I'll show him. I just gotta have his stuff. Don't care what it costs or if it's tough. I'm ready to sign. Just show me how. Did he just ask what I wanna do now? So I close the deal and feel real good. Gonna tell this guy about my brothers in the hood. Never ever send another salesman down my line. Gotta have my man, my advisor every time. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Richard Puzo. Did you do that, Mike? Is that you in there? You think that's yeah. me with a Canadian accent? <laughs> wow. 
Well, I'm glad it's not because I'm not a big rap fan, and that did not enhance my love of it. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if I'll buy something if I don't have to hear that again. Let me put it that way. Oh, I love it. So we got rapping on sales. Very good. Very good. Well, that's the Sandler rap. That's I mean, the Sandler rap. Absolutely. That's the real story. <laughs> People have to go back and listen to it. And, and pick up the uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. you got to pick up. There's little things in there. If you know Sandler at all, and even if you don't listen to it, you'll pick out some of the things that are very Sandler-esque in there. It's very cool. Very good. It's 100% Sandler. Yeah, there you go. There I mean, you go. It, it was done by the, the Sandler trainers in Canada. Ah, nice. That's why it's wrapped with a Canadian <laughs> right. accent. Yes, right, right. <laughs> you have to listen real hard. Oh, I love it. Uh, Rich, what do you think the uh, the opportunities and possibilities are for your company in the marketplace today? Well, you know what? You're kind of unique. Yeah. Is, are there many other companies in America selling weather? There are, but it's amazing how spread out they are. For example, there's no other formal, because I've looked. I mean, I, I have not found even another single company in the Cincinnati tri-state. For those listening around the country, that's Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana. Uh, there's none in the immediate area. So that means, okay, I've got all those potential clients. But I already said I'm national. Well, is there competition? Sure. But as you know in sales, Mike, and working with companies, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of companies out there. The chances of us really, you know, at times you may battle for some certain big client, but overall, there's so much work out there if you pursue it the right way that I should never step on anyone else's toes. Uh, unless we have a whole bunch of people suddenly opening weather consulting firms, and that's not an easy thing to do. You need experience. You need to be able to prove that you can come through with a forecast for people. So your average TV weather person is not going to be doing this. It's going to be those people whose their life has been committed to weather. And so when it comes to that, there's a lot of opportunity because more and more people, and I think with the economy the way it is at times, with costs going up on so many things, I think there's even a bigger drive to make sure you can try and limit exposure if possible. And one way to limit exposure when you have a company that's exposed to weather is to have the best source of information. So you spend a little money, you're going to end up saving at the other end quite a bit. That's the goal anyway. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago you did a talk down at the Rotary Club. <laughs> I did. And they asked you whether or not uh, the Rotary Picnic two months in advance was going to have a good weather day in September. Yeah, yep, yep. And you predicted great weather. I'll tell you what, it was fun doing that for the Rotary. Here you go in front of a whole bunch of business people. and Two, three hundred people. Yeah, exactly, right. And, you know, and they're all formal. It's their lunchtime, but they're all dressed up, and you're like, okay, it's a month away, and you want a pinpoint forecast on a Saturday for a Rotary Picnic. But we did. We had fun with that. And I believe it turned out well. But I'll tell you what, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And that's the kind of thing we do, but obviously not for those kind of uh, events. It's normally for something bigger. But, hey, it's a way to get in front of business people. And let's face it, no matter if you're in the weather business, the sales business, if you're making widgets, if you're building cars, it's all about networking and getting in front of people. And uh, that was uh, it was just enjoyable to get in front of that group. And they're very receptive. The Rotary is a fantastic organization. So uh, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Do you have a uh, long-term strategic plan at Sky Eye Weather? Our plan is to, yes, we do. And our plan is to, and we've, and like any plan, if you've got a good plan, it's a plan you're going to be modifying constantly as you're going along because it'd be nice to think we could set up something 10 years ago and just live by that same thing forever. The philosophy may be the same, but the actual plan is going to adjust. And the philosophy is, hey, we're going to provide the best quality information. We're going to make sure that we serve our customers' needs. We're going to make sure that we keep checking with our customers to make sure their needs haven't changed. Or if there's something we could do better, we want to know. But when it comes to the plan, the plan is to grow dramatically the clients we do have, but also to go after clients that have growth potential. And by that, I mean, just to give you an example, 
The insurance company I'm doing weather for, I'm doing it only for two divisions. Insurance company is a lot more than two divisions. In their company, by working with them and by serving them well and getting good feedback, and if there's anything negative approaching and attacking that, I want to hear the negatives. I want to be able to, to do it. Luckily, they've been very positive, but I want to know if something's wrong. By doing that, there's going to be little times that come up when they say, hey, you know what? The CEO of our insurance company is traveling to you know New York. And I've done this for some people already, so this isn't just a, a story off the top of my head. And they want to know, can you provide them a forecast for their trip that's a big meeting? And they want to know if they should go or not go. And uh, there was one time when Sandy was coming up the coast, same type of thing. Should they go? And I would give them a forecast. Well, that may mean nothing now. But down the road, they're going to remember that, hey, we have this guy who's working for one of our divisions, and he did a great job and went out of his way to do something we're not paying him for. And you know what? Uh, we do need him in our home division, or we may need him in our boating and inland marine division, whatever it might be. There's growth there. And we've already seen this in other places I'm working. In fact, the trucking division at this one company was not part of the original deal. They were added on later. They liked what the, the crop division was getting, and they wanted to be part of it, partially because of Sandy, Mike, because Sandy hit New York and did a lot of damage to trucks up there, washed a lot of them away. Some of them had their loads because they weren't unloaded. And the forecast they had gotten was that Sandy wouldn't provide very much in the way of flooding, so they just left their rigs parked. They got out of town but left their rigs. Well, Sandy did end up doing a lot of flooding, washed a lot of those rigs away, multi-million dollar losses for trucking. And, of course, the insurance company is having to pay that out. So they're saying, okay, could we have maybe told our truckers to get out of there ahead of time? Yeah, you could have and should have, but they didn't have anybody working for them at that time. Now they do. So the next Sandy, they're going to be ready for. And it's that type of thing. So, yes, the growth is there. And the referrals within a company, when they start talking, I can't tell you what uh, the Vox MCOR, if people, if you're not familiar with that, they are a national company, and you will occasionally see their little trucks driving up to Walmarts or Sam's or banks or whatever. And the, their trucks are, it's all about facilities maintenance. They handle electrical, they handle uh, pavement, they handle uh, landscaping. Well, these folks, again, have a whole bunch of clients. I just do it for a couple of clients. They have all, thousands of clients. And so, again, as the word spreads, that they say, you know what, we just got hit by these big storms. So you have somebody in another division doing weather for you? Yes, we do. And so I like that. I like word of mouth. I like getting clients who have growth potential, even Kings Island. You mentioned Cedar Fair. Cedar Fair has 16, I believe, parks at this point. We're only doing it for one. It's a big company. They're the biggest you know, theme park company in the nation. So you're getting good with Cedar Fair. And it just turns out, by the way, there's a recent story that Kings Island was one of the top visited parks in the country of all theme parks. They had uh, more than 3 million people in 2012 visit that park. So that's impressive. And so once you move up in that company, so I could be doing weather for 16 parks in the future, which isn't just me. Then, Mike, I'm adding to the economy because I'm bringing on employees who I'm going to need to have handle these accounts. So, so you're going to need to bring on additional meteorologists. Yeah, exactly. And young ones who are maybe hungry from school, I'll teach them some of the ropes on what I'm doing, and then I just let them put out these forecasts to the clients and watch the radars and things like that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you think the, the opportunities are immense for a weather I company? Think and I'll be honest, I mean, I don't mind sharing this. I would with anybody on the street if they asked, and I certainly have with you in the past. I'm not as aggressive as I should be. I need to be more aggressive on getting clients. I think the opportunities, I can be a multimillionaire right now if I wanted to, and there's no reason I'm, except for my own limitations, of getting on that phone, of getting in front of people. Now, I'm doing a lot of the weather forecast work myself, so that is 
a big drain on my time. But I only recently, and folks should be out there listening, doing this too, recently joined the uh, the local chamber of commerce and the Cincinnati Chamber of Commerce. So now I'm parts of two chambers, and I'm going to be at these meetings every month, every week they have meetings. I will be there, shake hands, meet and greet. You never know what that's going to lead to for business. And every one of them, I'm sure, is a weather story. They'd love to tell me about in their personal life, a thunderstorm they liked, a tornado they saw, snowstorm they drove through, or if nothing else, how it affects their business. Because weather affects everyone, it's almost an emotional level thing for people. Mm-hmm. Have you ever talked to any of the uh, stage rentals companies? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of them I talked to, and, and again, it's just a matter of their need versus the cost. One of them is a um, not so much stage rental, so it's big tents. Mm-hmm. And they, they're a big tent rental company, and I still know them, nice folks over there, and we talk once in a while, and I just haven't convinced them. Because, again, one of those tents at one of these big weddings with three, 400 people, you get a good wind under it, I don't care how many stakes you have, in, it's going to take off or it's going to get knocked down. If they know it's coming, they will actually call people and tell them to take down these tents. But, again, they don't have their own weather person on staff. So I have, and that is one of the growth potential areas. Or even just doing it, working with how many state fairs? There are 80-something counties in Ohio alone. There are every, yeah, 88 counties, and I believe just about every one of them has a county fair. So there's a potential there for a one-week little deal with 88 different counties saying, you could have severe weather. You saw what happened in Indiana. Let's make sure it doesn't happen here. Yeah, you know what? The little dollars like that, 88 times over, can add up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the potential is immense. Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I almost need to leave so I can start making some calls. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's that big, and that's the, the well, beauty. Of it. The cold call, camp. yeah, you know, and I'll tell you what, you got to do the cold call camp. I mean, you guys do such a phenomenal job with that. Um, no, that's cool. And cold calling is the toughest thing for people. Luckily, in my world, it's not calling the average resident of a house or something. That that's tough because everybody, nobody likes those robo calls. They don't like you know dealing with it. But well, robo calls, yeah, for the most part, are no longer legal. Exactly right, and yet we still get these. You know, things that we didn't ask him to call. And, then, of course, you know, once you get on the phone with them, you have to go through the process of, hey, look, I'm on the no-call list. What are you doing calling me? But, uh, no, when you're calling businesses, they're de- they're a lot more receptive, at least to listening, even if they do say, well, you know, we're not interested right now. But at least you will get someone who's willing to listen and maybe uh, start a conversation with you. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, cold calling actually still does work. Sure. It grows a lot of business. You wouldn't be doing it if it didn't. Absolutely. Sure. Uh Again, Rich has agreed to take calls. If you have a question, you can give a buzz at here at 646-595-4916. Uh, so, Rich, you don't have any sales salespeople. You, you actually are. I am the salesperson, yeah. You know what? Uh, and the beauty of and again, for those listening, you know, I have a unique position, as Mike pointed out, not only with the company, but in the community I'm in. I was here 13 years in television. I still do radio. So... Unlike other people, when you're going out and selling something and no one knows who you are, I do have the advantage of some doors opening simply because, oh, gosh, yeah, I used to watch you on TV, and I hear you on the radio, and I see you on Facebook. I do a lot of posting there, and anything I post on Facebook is because, again, that's a time draw. You don't want to be wasting time. I'm not making money from Facebook, but it is a way to to let the community know that I'm here. And what I'm doing, and that's all it is. And so they're quick little, hey, look at this storm hitting here. Here's a big story out of New Zealand where they just had a big winter storm in the last couple of days. It's been Antarctic air mass. So stuff like that I'll put on there. But that's what I do. So, yes, I'm my own salesperson. But I've always said it's – and I've tried to get some other salespeople, Mike, in the past. Now, they weren't Sandler people. So, again, they weren't going to be successful probably right off the bat. But they didn't know whether or understand how it is what I did help people. And if they don't know, they can't sell it. 
And that's the toughest part is trying to sell something when, you know, it's it's an unknown. And, and trying to sell weather consulting is tough unless you are the person doing it. Uh, so I don't mind doing the sales because I can share best what it is we can do to benefit a company. Good. We're going to uh, listen to San LaRue number 14. Hi, I'm Bob Sinton of Sandler Training. I'm here today to talk to you about rule number 14. A prospect who is listening is no prospect at all. You may have heard this before, but Dave Sandler told me a long time ago that you should follow the rule called 70-30 rule, where the client talks or the prospect talks 70% of the time and you, the salesperson, talk 30% of the time. Most salespeople I run into in my 30 years of doing this understand that. The problem with it is how do you go about doing it? Well, most if not all salespeople know their features and benefits and the, uh, the power of what their company can provide clients. Um, so it's easy for them to uh, explain their features and benefits to a client. The problem with that is it doesn't necessarily elicit responses from a client. So what we have to train ourselves to do to be more successful and more professional is take your features and benefits and phrase it and structure it in such a way where it actually elicits a conversational response from your client. For example, a feature and benefit of your company may, may uh, include uh, you can reduce expenses and, and save them some overhead and, and save your client some money in the uh, long term or short term. Well, a lot of people can say that. That's on your website. It's on your brochure. A more effective way is to say, hey, Ed, can I ask you a question? Uh, what we've done with companies and individuals like yourself is help save them money with some software that helps them reduce expenses, uh, get rid of waste, and adds more money to their bottom line. Uh, do you have anything like that happening here? And if so, can you tell me a little bit about it? Um, what that question does is it obviously elicits initially a yes or no response, but then it quickly goes down the tunnel of what I like calling a conversational uh, dialogue, if you will, between salesperson and client, and you find yourself talking only 30% of the time, and the client ends up talking 70% of the time. And that creates a, a more of a win-win relationship. And that's Sandler rule number 14. A prospect who is listening is no prospect at all. This is Mike Roth. I'm back here with uh, Rich Buzo. And, Rich, we have a theory of operation here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to solve a complex problem, you need to have an equally complex solution. Uh, perhaps you could share with our listeners and other CEOs who are going to be listening to the show a complex problem you encountered in building your business and the complex solution that you used to solve it. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, when it comes to weather, it's interesting because... I think a lot of folks will imagine there's a simple solution to whether you just need a forecast, just give me a forecast for my area, and that should be simple. There's nothing really simple about it if you're doing it right. And quite honestly, if you are, as Sam LaRue 14 just said, if you're listening to the client, you're probably realizing there's a lot more to what they need than what they're even able to express. And in the terms of weather, a lot of them don't know what they need because they know it's causing them pain, it's hurting them, it's causing them dollars on their bottom line, but... How do we solve it? Well, in the case of let's just go back to, and we've talked about this already, the insurance company, 
the biggest challenge actually even landing him as a client, and this is one of those, and uh, I think you have a term for it, Mike, uh, but it took him, you know, uh, two, three years even to close him. And this was a, it was a long relationship we had to develop. And then over time and just kind of knocking on the door every once in a while and seeing, you know, how things were going, we finally got to a point where they said, let's try this out. The challenge there was letting them know or convincing them, if you will, or, or even having them find their own solutions to how what I do can help what they're doing. And, and that's the problem. They have charts they use. They have insurance tables, and they make judgments on where they're going to issue policies looking at weather, but it's all weather past records, and they didn't know what how I can help by looking into the future, how that would help them. So over time, I had to come up with the complex solution of saying, okay, let's break down what it is you do. So I had to learn more about my client, how they did their operation, and then see where the weather that I provide and the forecast I provide and the severe weather outlooks and whatever it might be would fit into each part of their process. So there wasn't just a simple, I'll provide the long-range outlook, you apply it how you want. That doesn't work. What needed to happen was I needed to first find every step of their process, what they go through to issue policies, to warn their clients, and when they look back over a year, what it is they want to look back upon, even verification of events. Then I said, okay, now here's how we can fit our weather into those different slots. Now, I still send them updates each week, which are broad with a lot of information, but it's all geared toward these slots that they need to fill for weather information, some looking back at the past, some looking into the future. So that's how we do it, Mike. It's a complex problem because weather is not just a simple, straightforward thing, but that's the whole point. It's meant to be complex. Otherwise, they could just get it free online. Did you actually save them any money? I believe I have. We're in our second year, and it's a nice contract with them. They haven't given me specific numbers on savings or cost. I know that for the feedback I did get, because I do ask for feedback, and they just the overall thing was this is great information. We love getting it every week. We've got more people on board who love reading it. It's It's been helpful in our in our planning. And actually, one of the things they do, Mike, that they're using it most for right now, they insurance companies have to decide where they're going to find new business like anyone else. They are a risk business. They don't want to go where the risks are high now or where they might be high down the road. So they've got a lot of investment in Florida, let's say. Well, Florida's a big hurricane area. But if you know that you might have four or five quiet hurricane seasons because the big target's going to be farther up the coast or over in the western Gulf, invest in Florida. These policies are renewed every year. So if they could get a couple of years of great policy growth without loss, and now they're making money. So, yes, they have benefited because they've been able to better decide where they want to make investments in their future policies and where they might want to back off just a bit or just put on the brakes a little until things quiet down. Like all the severe weather in the plains is probably costing them a little money. But in future years, that severe weather will shift. So, yes, they have. But I have not asked them, and I probably should. I'm sure Sandler would tell me to, to, to you know, get a specific number. How much have you saved? You know, how has this helped you? And I, it would help me just to know that anyway, you know, for my own future. Sure. It would help you selling the next insurance right. company. Right. Uh, perhaps you can give our listeners a leadership tip. You know what? One of the things I have found, and again, because of television, there was a big help there, too. I cannot tell you, one of my clients, the, the Viox folks, I meet with them every month. I literally drive out to the office every month, and I do a presentation every month, PowerPoint presentation. Here's what's going on now. Here's what I see for our coverage territory for the next month. They, it started off as just, let's try this. Now it's to the point where 12 months a year, every month, we're meeting. Well, they love it. And now I've got other people in the office. I'll stand <laughs> as I get out of this guy's office to my contact there, and we have our little meeting. I have other people on the outside are like, "Hey, Rich, what's happening out there? We just heard you talking to Frank, and you know." And so I start chatting with some of them, and now I've got a couple other people added to the email list uh, for updates. But the point is, is that 
this is valuable information. It's also something that affects everyone. My leadership tip would be keep reaching out to those contacts, to those CEOs. It's just, if nothing else, just saying hi, checking in, seeing how they're doing, ask about the family, whatever it might be. It's amazing how those little outreaches can be big in, in coming back in the future. And, and almost like you've made a friend all of a sudden, and yet they're your client at the same time. Well, that, that's what one of the things Sandler says. If you want to keep a uh, an account long-term, you have to be on a first-name basis. You have to have a fuzzy file on, on the people, and you have to meet with them on a regular basis. Yes. Uh, over here at Sandler, we, we say that's a, a Caesar review. Chief Executive Semi-Annual Review. Nice. And if you're not doing it twice a year, you'll probably lose the account. Right. Uh, because your best account is someone else's best prospect. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Rich, why don't you tell the folks what you're doing on the Internet so people can find you? You know what? This has become, and it's funny because even as we're doing this show, I mentioned to Mike, there are some ways that they can post the uh, the actual show here onto different social media. And it has Twitter and it has Facebook. And I asked about LinkedIn, and it, he does that separately. One of the things that I found, and I use a program even called uh, Hootsuite. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, you, you were talking about what we do with this show. Yes, right? yeah. At the beginning of the show. Exactly. And at the end of the show, when we're finished, a screen is going to pop up. Yep. And it will allow us, with one one push of a button, to uh, post to 37,000 people, people's uh, LinkedIn, Facebook accounts, as well as an, an unknown number of uh, people who are listening through our main syndicator, Blog Talk Radio. Exactly. And the secret there, and I found out from someone else who actually runs his own, it's an entirely online business. It's a guy I've known for some while now, and, and he does these shows online, these podcasts, and he told me the secret to success is being consistent, is making sure that you're there on a regular basis doing these things so that you don't just throw out a little tweet every once in a while or do a radio show every month and a half. No, if you're going to do it, do it every week. Make sure it's fairly consistent in length, just like these shows are that you do, Mike. They're all an hour. That's great. And it's the same type of thing. You be consistent and then make a regular presence of yourself. I'm on Facebook every day, but that's because I'm on analyzing weather anyway. So I post something on Facebook. I'll throw something up on Twitter. This Hootsuite program I was just telling you about allows you to post to multiple social media with one punch of a click. So I'll type in my 140-word thing. I know it's going to go to Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and any others. You can add a bunch of others on there. There are other ones out there uh, for, for writing Reddit and StumbleUpon and things like that. Uh, I also do writing for an online newspaper called The Examiner, the Cincinnati Examiner, and I do weather articles there. So the more you could just get the name out, and then the whole goal is link them back to your site. Everything should be about linking them back to your site. You're not just giving out free information. Sandler even calls that, you know, unpaid consultant. We don't want to be an unpaid consultant here. We want to give out a certain amount of information, but pull them back into your website and into your business. Right. That's what we're doing with uh, Sandler.com. In fact, I'll pre-announce that, uh, that there's a major rewrite happening on Sandler.com so that uh, that site is better rated for generic searches by Amazon. Um, and I'll share this. One of the things that we do here is we run a program called Tweet Adder, which takes your tweets and at a specified interval will repeat them during the course of the day. Oh, there you go. Yep. I just leave that running on a computer sure. all the time, and sure. that will automatically add followers and uh, remove people who aren't following me. Right. And it will search Twitter for people who are in the Cincinnati uh, market area and who are interested in sales or, or are company owners. Nice. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, we, we you know, ahead. there are so many applications. I don't know if that one was free, Mike, but if people do a little no, searching, you, you that one they pay. That yeah, one. so usually the better ones you do. But there are so many free apps and, and even low-cost paid apps that will so much help your business. Give you an example, and as much as I'm a little worried about, you know, potential government overreach and whatever, I don't share too much personal information, but I now do my calendar through Google. By doing my calendar through Google, I have an online calendar that I can access anywhere. Any type I chime, I type in an update to that calendar. It goes to every other device I have it on. So when I go home, my calendar's updated. When I'm on the road, my calendar's updated just because it's in the cloud. Do so much more in the cloud. It's amazing what you can get done. That's just one example of efficiency and reaching out as well. And you could do that with, I mean, heck, you can even, if you were doing videos, Mike, you'd definitely be on YouTube. That's one of the biggest search engines in the world is YouTube. So, I mean, you know, but you're not doing video. You're doing audio. Well, we're doing audios, and yeah. we have a standalone restriction against publicly posted oh, okay. well, there you go. Uh, videos. If you come to my website, you can see the, the videos sure. that I've posted there you go. Uh, with a secret link to, to YouTube. Um, they're on the web. Certain things make a lot of sense. Right. Audio tends to make a lot of sense because the editing time right. is minimal. Right. Uh, we used to do a lot more video, and it became... Terribly expensive. Uh, today, Sandler's uh, certification program is on through Sandler Online uh, that has some audio and video, but the video is all PowerPoint slides sure. and audio, uh, so it's it's relatively simple. But the bronze, silver, and gold Sandler certifications are available. I was one of the uh, first uh, people to get a bronze certification since that's just made, been made available. And uh, clients can get a Sandler certification uh, online, using Sandler online. They just have to talk to us here in the office and uh, pay a small fee for the administration of that. And those those certifications are on. And uh, probably within the next 30 days, the silver certification will be opened up uh, to nice. clients. Very good. And uh, th- that that's, that's really important for people, uh, for individuals to see how they are progressing through Sandler, moving from knowing to owning. Uh, and on the other side for individuals, uh, if you were looking for a, a salesperson, Rich, and two people were more or less equal and one had a Sandler certification and the other one didn't, which one would you hire? I'd choose that Sandler, absolutely. Right, time. right. Yeah. Uh, and we get that request quite a lot. Sure. And in companies, if you had 10 salespeople in our training program and you want to find out how much is this person adapt adopting himself to use the Sandler system. Right. The certification program, if you would, is an internal grading program. Uh, so it, it, it's extremely important program, and it's going to be uh, expanded uh, over the next several years from sales to sales management to negotiating with the savvy buyer, uh, customer service in a business-to-business environment. And, in fact, Sandler just released a customer service the retail environment program. Nice. Uh, yeah, those those programs were in beta testing for about nine years. Well, you know, we have certifications in weather, too. There's something to be said. Not all of them are the greatest, but most times certification just gives you that extra expertise, and it also gives the consumer a little extra confidence in maybe your skill level. Uh, so I, for salespeople, I couldn't recommend it enough. Get that Sandler sales certification. Rich, I want to uh, thank you for being with us as a guest on the show. I'm giving you a copy of... Uh, 
one of Dave Madsen's newer books, the uh, 49 oh. Sandler Rules book. Nice, 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 uh, nice. That came out a couple of years ago. Okay. Uh, it's got four, the first 49 rules. Fantastic. And uh, out of 3 million books on Amazon, it's still in the 3,000 3, range. So it's it's still selling a lot of copies. And these are such easy reads. You gave me one last year. I finished that. Well, thank you, Micah. Good to be here. Good. Thanks again for being with us. And we'll be back next week with uh, Wendell Bell from NFAB. Uh, Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.